0: This is Amstigator, a podcast founded on purpose, but focused on the path to get there. Experience is the best teacher, right? And in this season of Amstigator, we're going all in on female perspective of women and wisdom as we answer one specific question. What's the lesson here? You'll hear from my best girlfriends and favorite female collaborators as we share deeply about what we're here to learn and teach as we guide other women to purpose. I love today's guest. Brittany Cole is strategic. She's smart. She's exacting. She understands the power and impact of a solid leader. And she's built an entire company around it. Back in 2015, she started working on Career Thrivers, and that is her leadership development firm. She made it full time in 2019. It is her thing, it's what she's known for. Now, neither one of us can remember how exactly we met or how I even found her in the first place. But somehow, last year, I reached out to her because I wanted to profile her for a story I was doing in my role as a news anchor for the NBC affiliate here in Nashville. Now, if you are new to Amstigator, I started this podcast because I wanted a platform to share really deep conversations with some pretty incredible people. And a few years ago, I started profiling powerful women who'd achieved really incredible things. But what I found is that our conversations would always tend to the spiritual, the philosophical, metaphysical even, just really, really deep. And I realized those conversations were powerful, but no one ever got to hear them because newscasts don't have a platform for that kind of stuff. So the stories I put together for the TV station were kind of just highlights, but I wanted more. I wanted more depth. I wanted more information. I wanted the whole unedited conversation, and that is where Amstigator came from. It's what I built to make room for these deep, deep conversations to be heard. So, Brittany Cole is one of the women I profiled before Amstigator was ever a thing. And recently, we've been bumping into each other because we have mutual friends, two of whom actually have already been guests on this podcast in season one and season two. I'll put their episodes in the show notes so you know. But I was like, hey, Brittany, you have to do this podcast with me. You have so much to teach people. So Brittany spent 12 years at Pfizer in sales and eventually as a brand manager in marketing. She did a lot of DE&I work, which was where she found purpose and passion. And when she did brand management for Pfizer, she managed $20 million and a cross-functional team of 25. So she knows what she's doing, okay? This isn't a new thing for her to run a team. But you'll hear her talk about how she didn't love it. She let her identity become totally wrapped up in her job, and that's a problem. In our society, we get so used to being told what to do. Our entire education system is based on doing what you're told to do. So Brittany really poses this question. How much of what you're doing is what you decided to do for yourself? And Brittany really shines in the big lesson today, which is you belong where your feet are. You're here. You belong here. And I love how she was honest about feeling sometimes, like she doesn't belong in certain places. And she has this great part in this episode about how she knows when she's playing too small or not challenging herself enough. Honestly, it really surprised me and it might surprise you too. So I'm excited for you to enjoy this week's episode with Brittany Cole with the lesson, you're where you belong. Uh-huh. And that, that that sounds that sounds good. So let's start with thriving. Like what is okay. what is thriving to you? What does that mean?
1: Yeah, so for me it's about what's happening on the inside. It's less of the manifestation of things, which is typically how we what we associate thriving with. So I'm thriving if I have the dream job, if I have the house, the partner and the two and a half kids, or whatever your kind of, you know, typical American dream picture is in your mind that is oftentimes what we're told success is. And what I've learned is that, you know, especially as women, oftentimes we start on that path, particularly in our career. It's what people said we should do. It's what someone said we are good at, what they noticed in us. And then we go down that path and then something happens. Right. My mentor calls it a split rock moment, but there's some disruption that happens that helps you to recognize, like, that's who I decided to be, not who I was meant to be. And then that transition for me, I believe, is where thriving really happens, because you recognize, okay, I know who I'm meant to be, my purpose, and then I find just a sense of fulfillment and joy in what you do. And so for me, that's what thriving is about. It's this alignment that is oftentimes hard to describe, but you know when you feel it, when there is an ease with how you move, not easy, but there's a flow and an attraction in how you're navigating your life where you feel like you can show up fully. And for me, that's, that's what it looks like. I
0: I like how you bring that up with like ease and flow, because I, I feel like you can get, you can spend only a little bit of time on Instagram and realize like there are lots of people who will like go with this thing where they'll say alignment Mm. brings ease and flow. And for mm-hmm. the longest time, I'm like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. But the truth is it's something you have to feel, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. in the same mm-hmm. way that you have to feel pain that then ends you into the split rock weapon as you're mentioning. Like mm-hmm. pain then can get you to purpose. It can eventually get you to fulfillment as you begin to pursue it. Mm-hmm. But ease and flow is also something you have to feel because you have to feel prior, not ease, <laughs> mm-hmm. not flow. Mm-hmm. And then when you experience those things, you're like, oh, was there a moment for you that you were like, this is alignment, this is ease, this is flow, and like what got you to those places?
1: Yeah, I think so often, it's what you mentioned, it's the experiencing the opposite of it. So for me, I can remember a time in my career where I had spent at least seven years getting to this, we'll call it a table, right? We'll use that analogy, but just this position, this this place of like, that's really where I want to be. I worked hard to get there and it took some time, but I'm here. And then getting to the place that you feel like is the pinnacle for you, at least in that season of your yeah. life, and looking around and recognizing that you don't really like it. <laughs> you don't oh, really enjoy it. I could go all day about this. It's not exactly what you thought it would be. <laughs> And so yeah. I was at that table, and I was looking around, and I'm thinking, "My God, I have spent so much time—your yeah,
0: entire adult life at this so point—so much time, like, time tracing the, chasing the, trying this to thing. get here."
1: Yeah, and, and then I got it. there, and I'm like, "So then you have this—you know—you can have this if you're not mindful, internal spiraling of. Then what is wrong with me? Oh, right? did you? Yes, initially I did because I'm like, "Well, wait." So I, has the okay. has all of this process been like a yeah, lie like yeah. what what
0: what have I been? Well, you're saying you're saying, I, what's wrong with me? I should for me, the question mm-hmm. was I should be grateful. Why yes. am, Why am I not grateful?
1: Yes, 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 yes. And i I have certainly experienced and you know, often used as a place of almost like a, a pillar of truth for me that gratitude can, sometimes keep you locked into complacency you can stunt mm. your growth and so I certainly felt this sense of like when I said like you know what's wrong with me almost like a shame connected to I am at this place yeah. that people would just yes I mean they aspire to be and I'm right. here and it's not it you know in, in in that season of my life and it wasn't that I wasn't grateful for it so I had to work through all of that it doesn't mean you're not grateful it doesn't mean that you know you haven't worked hard to be here and it also doesn't mean that you have to stay. Yeah. And I think so often, you know, we'll spend so much time kind of in that spiraling space of like trying to wrap our minds around, okay, I just need to be content here. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, we, and we use that word. And I don't necessarily meet, believe that contentment means that you stay in a place that doesn't serve you. Hmm. I believe that it's you're satisfied with where you are as you're moving towards yeah. where you want to be. And so when you notice you're someplace that you don't want to be, I think that's a sign that you're not aligned. Yeah.
0: You worked for a major corporation. You had millions and millions and millions of dollars under your stead before you like jumped out and did your own thing.
1: I did. <laughs> You're like, yes, that's true. That is so true. And it's so interesting because, you know, just kind of on this theme of like flow. Right. You know, I I started my career thinking that I was going to law school. I was a political science and pre-law communications major. And that was the path. Like, I'm doing this. And then I was presented with an internship opportunity in undergrad and started working at Pfizer. So I spent um, a little over 12 years there And had an incredible experience, was a sales leader, did marketing there, and a whole lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion work mm-hmm. on the side through strategic projects and really found my purpose and passion in that place. But yes, and so when I was in brand management, I was responsible for about a $20 million budget, a cross-functional team of about 25 leaders across different business units, and I learned so much. I was in marketing for about two years, not even a full two years. And I often think of it as almost like dog years because, (laughs) and any marketer will get what I mean because you, the the pace with which you have to learn and adjust. But I I can't tell you, Lauren, how much I lean on that experience as a business owner. Like, and I mean, specifically those two years, like what I learned um, as a brand manager at Pfizer. So yeah, I I take that experience with me every single day.
0: You know, it's interesting to me Because as an entrepreneur that you you are now, I mean, you have so many employees. You help so many people. You help so many companies, you know, as they deal with the DE&I work, allyship, Mm -hmm. and all of these other things that you just really stand on and just do such a beautiful job with. I feel like there's a a really interesting balance that you, as an entrepreneur, have to strike. And I feel like a lot of women have to strike this balance, too, of, like, I'm going to go all in on this dream I've got. Like, I've always known I could be an entrepreneur. I could run this company. I could do this thing. But you have to balance between like pushing hard and then resting. Pushing, <laughs> you're like yes. <laughs> uh, I wonder. I wonder at what point you started to feel like I got to take this seriously. Like me myself, like my body. I got to take my body serious. I got to take my rest seriously. Or stuff's not getting done because there's nobody to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. So. Gosh, there's so much I could say about that. Please do. I'll, I'll <laughs> say one thing. though. Well, the first thing I'll say is I do believe you have to find what works for you. And so I, I believe if to find what works for you. And you also, in that finding what works for you, have to be reflective about what has worked for you in the past. So when I consider, okay, Brittany, like how do you enjoy working? And when are you at your best? <laughs> this is going to sound wild. I am at my best between 12 and 2 a.m. Okay, that's not (laughs) wild. When it comes to just just like being able to create and being able to flow. And so it's like, okay, you have that on one hand. (laughs) And then on this other hand, you know that you have sometimes 7 a.m. calls and 12-hour days. So how do you fluctuate? And so for me, one of the things that I have just come to to learn like I need is a quarterly break, like a quarterly break. What it does doesn't that look have to like? be it doesn't have to be a lavish vacation. It does not ha- it could be a staycation during the pandemic. It was a staycation., yeah. you know, but I just I need time away in in a different setting, different scenery, to really replenish, to just be playful, to be creative, to just enjoy uh, without an agenda. But I also give myself that grace to know that, hey, sometimes, you know, there are stints. there are seasons where, It is, okay, it doesn't feel like I'm getting the rest that I need to get and just being able to navigate in between, you know, the the demands and also the demands of your body and being well. How
0: long did it take for you to figure that out?
1: I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) Very much so. I would say, you know, particularly – I I still consider, you know, career thrivers, and I believe any, anyone would, very much a startup. Like, I started my entrepreneurship journey in 2015, but in terms of being a full-time business owner, the end of this year will be three full years. So, like, definitely still learning and still growing. So, for me, I've noticed different things like, for instance, um, I brought on a new operations leader who's brilliant, who has taken off so much, taken so much off of my plate, and allowed me to focus more on things that are still work, but also things that really yeah. fuel me. And I noticed there's a different I, – I rest differently mm. because I'm working differently. And so I believe it's something that you're continuously learning, especially as an entrepreneur yeah. early in your career.
0: That's like zone of genius. Have you heard that term yes, before? So, absolutely. So you've got somebody now who's on your team who's allowed you to start to really operate in your zone of genius.
1: She has all that zone of excellence stuff. Like, I can do that. I've learned to do that well. <laughs> But this is what I'm really, yeah. really great at. So, yeah, I get to spend more time in that in that place, which is why I started the business yeah. in the first place, you know, so
0: I, I love I'm trying to remember how long ago this was. recently, you and I were at an event together, and we were talking, uh, you were talking on a mic about um, just just basically how you I don't remember what what the, it was nourishment. That's what it was. It was oh, about oh, nourishment, oh, yes, yes. and yes. you were at we were just like the whole audience just basically asked like, What does nourishment mean to you? And you know, I thought it was so interesting. Everyone had such a different take on nourishment. Like for me, nourishment is, it's all the things, right? Like nourishment's not just physical nourishment. It's not just food. Uh, Nourishment is spiritual. It is, you know, it's all of the things, Mm -hmm. right? Body, mind, Mm -hmm. soul. And it's it's those things in a holistic way. And not in like a, gosh, I feel like people throw around body, mind, soul, like Mm -hmm. the three of them, like the trifecta, it gets thrown around too much. But you understand nourishment, I think, in a in a really beautiful way. Do you remember what you said that day about your cup?
1: Oh, your t- yes. tell
0: us about the cup and how the cup flow overflows.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I believe that you know you we hear right. You know, don't pour from an empty cup, and I think anyone would agree. Like, yeah, sure. You know, fill your cup, and I believe that we're supposed to pour from our overflow. That the cup is truly meant for us. And so this analogy of, you know, having a full cup so that you can pour, it's like, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if you're able to pour from what's like flowing over the saucer, like you're able to pour from this place of overflow where you stay in a state of alignment, but also replenishment yourself where you never feel like you're, depleted in what you're doing. And I believe that happens when you're working in alignment, right. there's that word again, but with your gifts. And I believe that's that's what working in that space does for you, whether, you know, Zone of Genius, mm-hmm. as a woman of faith, it's your gifts, strengths, you know, Gallup, yeah. Strengths Finders, you know, is another way that you can think of it. But when you're working in that space, like there is this fulfillment and like you know going back to what I mentioned about thriving like for me that's what it feels like particularly professionally because I think so often again as women we can find ourselves on this path and we look up and we're like how did I get here? Yeah, like who chose this? <laughs> I did, but really, I didn't because right, I was right. listening to what everyone else said should be the next step for you were me. Following instead of the
0: play, owning it? my
1: power, yeah, owning my power and deciding that for myself.
0: I wonder. I want to explore something with you. I wonder um, if this if this feels true for you. Did, was there ever a point in your um, journey as a someone who was employed that how, how is it that I'm so good at this, but I'm not happy with it or I don't enjoy it? Did you ever find yourself asking that question or thinking that? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I wonder I wonder if you've gotten to a place where you like started to really dissect that, because I feel like in your entrepreneurial journey, you're still doing some of the exact same things you did for another company, but it feels different. And why? Have you wondered or have you excavated why it feels different for you now, as opposed to why it felt one way then?
1: Yeah, well, I think there's an element of work, right? Just your career that isn't always like, this is what I absolutely love doing, right? There certainly are those aspects of, take speaking, for instance, love speaking. Do I love creating the visuals and PowerPoints when a talk calls for that? Not necessarily, I can do it, right? But it's it's a part of the package deal. So I, I think we all have an element of that. But certainly when I consider You know, you mentioned the difference between being employed and being an entrepreneur. I think for me in this space, when I'm doing the things that I don't absolutely love doing, it's the knowing that one day I'm going to be able to pass this along to someone else, (laughs) hence the, the ops leader, and also getting a sense of how... It needs to be done in a way or an approach to doing it so that you can guide that person that's going to pick it up. So I do think there is an element of like, OK, I'm doing this for a season. yeah, And I'll have the opportunity to hand this off. I'm not doing it forever. And I'm also, I think this is the biggest differenti- differentiator, I'm not doing it to prove my worthiness mm. to an employer that I don't feel, particularly if you're in a space where you don't feel like you belong in that space or you're seen, heard, and valued in that space, sometimes the doing of things that we don't love doing is you know, we have a harder time because we're working in an environment that may not be the best for us. Right.
0: Well, you're trying to when you're in an environment, any environment, you're managing a lot of things. So you're like trying to manage your own work, but you're also managing the social aspects and where you fit in and the in the pecking order. And Mm -hmm. does this give me job security? Does it not? Do I even enjoy I mean, there's like a lot of stuff that you're having to deal with and manage at the same time Mm -hmm. as the work. I mean, no wonder why people aren't nearly as um, engaged in the work or productive in the work that they're doing for companies because there's too much they're trying to manage at the same time and it's not the work. It's a lot of other stuff that like, hey, uh, I, I think even too, like your work within uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion would probably have something to say about it too. You know, like how does someone, um, you know, w- where are they spending their mental energy? Are they spending it and wondering whether they
1: even belong in a space? You know? Yeah. And that, that's all, that all boils down to culture. right? So creating an environment where people can actually thrive and recognizing that that looks different for different people. And so that's where that inclusion piece comes in, particularly as a leader, where you get to know your people and you recognize that, okay, this person responds to recognition in this way. And so in order to create an environment where you can thrive, I need to show up as a leader like this for him or her. And I believe that's the that's what you sign up for. Yeah. So you sign up to be a people leader. You know, yeah. it can sound like, oh, that's a lot. Do you know I'm managing yeah. 20 people? And it's like, yeah. yes. And you signed up to lead 20 people. Yeah, exactly. And so it's recognizing what people need to create that environment where they can show yeah. up fully and thrive.
0: So season three, Brittany, as you know, is mm-hmm. all about women and wisdom, right? Like I'm only interviewing women in this season. I I only want to talk about lessons because I reached a point in my own life where I'm like, Wow. There's a lot of lessons that I have learned up to this point, and some yeah. of which that I keep learning um, over and over again. And I, and I thought, I've been thinking to myself, dear God, let me not learn this lesson again. Let this be the last time I learned this lesson. So every woman I talk to in this exact space about you know, these things, is, uh, it always comes with a question of what are you learning right now? Or what do you consistently learn? So first of all, what are you learning right now That's like a lesson for you right now that you're learning in real time. Yeah. Oh, which one? (laughs)
1: Whatever comes up first. This is truly
0: like whatever's true for you in this instant is what I want.
1: I would say that the lesson that's top of mind right now is you belong where your feet are. And so just trusting that whatever context I'm in, whatever situation that presents, if I'm in it, I'm ready and equipped for it. Hmm. So... And and I also think that's one of those like lessons that keeps coming up, right? Because I think that that means different things in different seasons yeah. of your life. But certainly that is a like current today yeah. lesson.
0: <laughs> well, it, I so when I initially hear that, I think are you are you second guessing yourself in a, whether you belong in a certain place or whether you're you've earned that spot? How how is it
1: actually for you? Yeah, you I think it? it's you know for me, I really relish the element of surprise. And if you're an entrepreneur, there are lots of moments like that. So I here recently have been a bit surprised. I would say I had an unexpected opportunity where it just had me stop and think like, wow, yes, this is something that I prayed for. Hmm. I also thought that this was something that would be farther down the line. It's here now. Am I ready for this (laughs) right now? Because I thought this would be coming. And so it's just trusting that like, the opportunity in the moment is here, and you're already ready. Yeah. And that's that's almost like an affirmation for me. Like, I am already ready. Yeah. And even – and for me, it permeates even in, into other areas because I, I go back to, like, the keynotes and the – you yeah. know, even, like, the PowerPoints. It's like visuals are great. I want to acknowledge the way that people learn. But I could show up and talk without it. Like, speaking yeah. is my divine gift, so I don't yeah. really need that. Um, I'm already ready for the moment. And so just trusting that. And I believe that that helps you show up with a different level of people think that it's confidence, but I I truly believe that it's courage, where it's like, there is this element of like, questioning, I I don't think that we're ever meant to not have that. Because I think if you're in a space where you're like, I know I've got this, you're playing too small.
0: Mm -hmm. If you're in
1: a space where you're like, you know, "I, I, I have no doubt in my mind, it's like, you probably could go a bit bigger. So there is this element of like, "Mm, I'm not sure. And that's the courage that you harness to press through that moment to say, I'm showing up anyway, and I'm showing up boldly, and I'm showing up trusting my instincts in a line that I'm meant for this moment, that I belong here. Do we need to be doing more things that scare us? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Particularly as women. And I think especially when we think about our career, because I think it's what keeps us in places too long. And Mm. I don't necessarily mean just, you know, a tenure too long. There's that too, you know, and I'm certainly not advocating, you know, jump every year (laughs) to a new employer, not saying that either. But I do think that there's this element of like questioning, shame, even gratitude sometimes that keeps us from trying the thing that we know in our gut is meant for us next or that we really want. And we allow fear to keep us in place.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. I I feel like there's so many things I want to talk to you about here. I mean, I'm thinking too, just initially of you praying for something, getting that thing, being afraid of that thing, thinking the timing isn't right. That just immediately brings up for me that nothing in our lives is linear when we're living on purpose. Just go with me here. Mm -hmm. When you allow when you say when you say to yourself i'm going to step in and i'm going to live this life of purpose i'm going to go with my divine gifts i'm i'm just going to go there i'm going to mm-hmm. live in that way mm-hmm. here's what i want we have no control over the timing right like if we step up and say like here i am use me you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. somebody something else controls the timing of it so how do we as women as people just anyone who's saying like I'm gonna, I'm gonna step out like this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step out. Yeah. You know, a, a, a spiritual person might say, "I'm gonna step out in faith here, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna go with this." So, how do we trust that we are prepared, even when our journey of purpose is not linear?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that you know, one lesson to lean on in those moments is disconnecting yourself from the outcome, because I think when you're trying to go after something with the way that you think the end goal is supposed to be in mind, it keeps you on this constant like questioning, am I ready? Mm. You know, is this it? Versus I believe really focusing more on who you are and who you're becoming as you're moving. And then when the thing happens, like it's not, you know, on the three-year plan, it it happened in six months, then it's less about OK, let me focus on this and the result of it and more about, Brittany, you're already ready. You're <laughs> equipped with everything that you need to thrive in this moment. Yeah. And what they're asking you to do, you're more than capable yeah. of blowing it out of the water and letting the outcome fall where it might. And I think so often we, you know, and and, and certainly social media and technology plays a role in this, which is great. But I think. The The flip side of the coin is that it keeps us in this looking and lurking phase oh, yeah. where we're always comparing what we perceive our outcomes to be with the perception that others are sharing with us so that we, we're we always in our head and never really moving. And, like, the, the traction comes with action. It's like <laughs> you can be thinking about the thing all day long, but if you never move on it, yeah. if you never take the step because you're so worried about what the outcome is going to be, you don't find that place yeah. of alignment. And you certainly, I believe, stunt – you know, your purpose and your growth in a major way.
0: For me, setting an intention has been key in all of that um, and and understanding what intention means for me. I feel like for everybody, it might be different. But for me, um, I I had to experience the same thing that you're talking about of like, divorce myself from the outcome. What is the intention, Mm -hmm. right? So like season three, so like everything big that I make traction on, like Mm -hmm. I have, before I step out, I make sure to, Like, check in here and say to myself, what's the intention here? And for me, intention is the goal. What what is the goal here? Mm -hmm. So I keep every episode, like, that's where it is, top of my mind. It's, this is women in wisdom. This Mm -hmm. is women in wisdom. So, like, what is this? I have no idea what this episode's gonna look like until I sat
1: in this chair. Same. But I, but I you know you're like, Lauren's like, Tell which me. I love. I'm like, I, I don't know what we're gonna talk about, but we're gonna talk. And, yeah, yeah. and, I'm, and it's gonna be great. And it's gonna be about <laughs> lessons
0: and it's gonna be about wisdom because I just don't, I don't feel like that can't be captured in question answer. Oh, that yeah. is only captured in you share, I share. You mm-hmm. share, I share. We share, mm-hmm. we share together. Mm-hmm. We take something we've learned. And then we teach other women in that same way, you know? So, like, whatever it is, like, the intention is that, you yeah. know? So, for me, that's how I've embraced intention and goal. That's how I've embraced it of, like, what is that? I don't care how what it looks like or how we get there as long as every episode has wisdom, mm-hmm. right? Like, that it has encouragement, mm-hmm. you know? That's all it's got to be. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder... Do you set intentions? What do intentions look like for you? Or is it even different, that process?
1: Yeah, I think it's similar. I definitely try to, so my intention, I'm certainly a visual learner by nature, but it's more of like, what is the vision of where it is that I want to be? And having some picture of that in my head and then being flexible with the route to get there. Yeah. So it's like, you know, my intention or this vision and destination is I want to be here. And I recognize that, okay, it may take one year, it may take five years. I may go this way. I may go around the long way, but I'm moving towards that path. And the only way that I really know, particularly as a business owner, I'd say, especially um, as a woman that's leading a business, you really have to move through just that, just the the, the mental spiraling that happens. And I, I think In some ways, it's natural, but I also think that there is a mindfulness and a mental discipline in learning how to work through it Mm -hmm. so that you actually take those steps towards that vision and recognize that, okay, that's my intention. I've set this intention, but the only way I'm going to see it is to actually move and to take the steps.
0: Yeah, which is interesting because as we go back to this lesson that you're learning right now, that wherever your feet are. Mm-hmm. You're in the right spot wherever your feet are. Mm-hmm. But it's this acknowledgement of your feet might have to
1: move. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, we need those feet to be moving. <laughs> That's right. So I
0: wonder how you like come to terms with that. Like what what is the, I, I don't know, like what is, what is it that you are saying to yourself? Because like we all have these inner conversations. Mm-hmm. So like in those moments where you're like, oh, crap, I'm not ready for this. And then you're reminding yourself, yes, you are. Your feet are here. Mm-hmm. This is where you're meant to be. But when does Brittany Cole say, but these these feet are made for walking and I like actually have to do something now. So mm-hmm. like what's that inner what's that inner conversation for you?
1: Yeah, it certainly is, is a reminder that I'm already ready, that I trust my training and my training is my life. Yeah. Right. So I don't. You know, necessarily believe when people say, "Oh, well, you know, this is it. This is my moment of purpose." Well, it's like no, purpose isn't necessarily a destination. It's who we are. So you are purpose, right? And so you bring purpose to everything that you do. But it's like that constant, you know, reminding of taking your thoughts captive and saying, "Nope, that's not one that I need. This is one that I'm going to harness, and I'm going to remind myself daily." Like I believe that's what the uh, scripture about you know renewing your mind, being transformed by the renewal of your mind. Like it's a daily practice. It's not like I read the affirmation or I read the scripture or I listened to the podcast and I got expired and I'm good. It's like no. And today, Brittany, you're already ready. Yeah, I belong where yeah. my feet are, right? I'm equipped to thrive. I have everything that I need to show right. up in this moment and to master the moment. And it's that kind of internal dialogue that's like, yep, yeah, I can take another step.
0: Yeah, I know for me, something that I I personally have struggled with not. Currently, I think maybe in years past, something that I struggled with was just thinking too far in advance Mm -hmm. and it's only been in the last, I don't know, probably year or year and a half where I've finally started to go, wait a minute, I can only, I really can only control this moment, this Mm -hmm. very finite moment in front of me. How am I going to respond right now? How am I going to respond today? And I think part of the problem has been that I, I, in the career that I'm in, you work on contract cycles. Just because Mm -hmm. you're hired doesn't mean, like, you're there forever. You have, for example, a three-year contract is very standard in television. So, like, here's your three-year contract. You have a job for three years, but you really don't because they always, uh, truly, contracts are written to, you know, aid the employer, right? Mm-hmm. So the employer can come to me at any point and give me 60 days notice and say, your contract's done. So like, I am not a typical employee in that I I, I have to think through like all the time. I'm literally every day, I'm like, well, but what if I don't have a job in mm-hmm. two months? What, I, what if I don't have a job at the end of this contract? And so I've had to personally battle with looking too far in advance and then only trying to say, well, here today, Here's what I'm going to control today. And I wish I would have brought this with me. Like even when I was putting on my makeup this morning to Mm -hmm. come over here, I had written out my affirmation and it was sitting there. So I'm like putting on my makeup and I look down and there's my handwritten affirmation for the day, you know. Um, But I feel like it takes, that took me years of adulthood to reach, Mm -hmm. you know, lots of pain and then lots of trial and then also finding purpose to realize that this has to be cultivated every day. This has to be, you know, once you feel truly aligned in something, it's not just something that's like, oh, I reached it and now I can slide mm-hmm. down the mountain, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So what are some of the practices that you feel like you have to continuously cultivate just like a, a, a purpose, a purpose or, um, you know, the thriving that you talk so much about?
1: Yeah, so some practices for sure are, you know, I believe prayer is a practice. Um, it helps to keep me centered and focused. I also believe in time alone, you know, just to reflect. Hear, here. Yes, so <laughs> making time, creating time, however creative you have to get, but certainly making time for introspection, making time to think about how you think. So orthogonal thinking, I believe, is so powerful. It's like, okay, where did that – I know I thought that because I thought it. But where did that thought come from? And, like, going down that trail Mm -hmm. in your mind to, like, really help you. Because everything flows from that. Like, everything flows from your heart and your mind to really being intentional about what are informing those two things. You know, and I believe it certainly is that time alone that helps you to become more aware of that. Reading is a practice. Learning, you're yes. saying? Yes, 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 absolutely. And, and as adults, so much of our learning is about unlearning. Mm. So it's recognizing,
0: so true, you know,
1: that pattern, and then being okay with being challenged. So yeah. much of DEI is about this. Like, it's people think it's about all the big concepts in the training. It's really about helping adults to learn, i.e., unlearn. Yeah, right. That 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 the way that I thought the world was, or the way that I thought even I got here to this role, to this, might not exactly be all there is to the picture. And am I okay with sitting in the discomfort of another perspective, another purview? And I believe internally just as well, like it's an important practice that gets you, like you said, to that, okay, you know, I'm a real for real adult now (laughs) and it's taken me a while to learn these lessons. And those are just, you know, some of the practices that I live by that that really helped me then to thrive, to show up as who I am with this mindset that I'm meant for this moment. I belong here and I have this, yes, bigger vision and bigger picture of where I want to go. But much like you were saying, it's like it's important to have that long term picture, but to focus on what is the next step and yeah. to continue to move forward. Yeah,
0: right now. What do you feel like you've struggled with um, personally in these last couple of years? Once you got out, you left, you were away from Pfizer, mm-hmm. right? And then you've started mm-hmm. this company. What have been some of the things that you've really had to battle with yourself on?
1: Yeah, so the surprise battle <laughs> was exactly what we are talking about. So, so much of my... Identity and how I saw myself was connected to Pfizer. Mm-hmm. So it, it was connected that. to having this well-established, great brand equity, awesome experience. At title. This, title, access at this Fortune 100 company with a very long road, long, long runway that I could have continued to pursue. And I knew that other people saw that in me. So, you know, people ask the question, like, what do you do? You know, where do you work? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you you see how people adjust, how a they thousand shift. percent. A thousand you know, percent. So I mean I'm, I
0: tell people I'm a news anchor and they're like, Oh
1: yeah, yeah. yeah so I knew that, that other people had that I didn't know until I left that, oh, I have a hang up right there too. Yeah. I have a hang up right there too. So as I talked about, you know, my my business or this new, you know, what are you doing next? I'm like, you know, I'm starting this leadership development firm. Oh, okay, that's cute, that little business. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> then hold on a second. <laughs> but but not by because of what they said, but because of how that made me feel. Yeah, you were triggered by yes. it. Yeah, it, it lit oh, something for wa- you. It did. <laughs> it showed me me. I'm like, whoa, girl, you got to work on that. <laughs> 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 like, you, there's a little issue going on there. So, yeah, like that. That was a challenge, like those first couple of years. I'm like, oh, hold on. I'm like, I got some experience. I didn't just wake up and say I'm gonna go try something. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, that's that's you. That's your ego. That's this enmeshment of career and identity. That is a slippery slope. That's why I'm so passionate about this topic because it is so easy to see yourself only through the lens of what you do. Mm. And it's not that you don't know that there are these other areas in your life that, that are important. But so much when all of our identity becomes who we are, or or excuse me, what we do, all of how we see ourselves is through this lens of this career that Sometimes we didn't even choose for ourselves, right? Right,
0: that someone else was just like, "You should try this," and you're like, "Okay," because I feel like in our in our society, we're just, we just get so used to being told what to do. You know, think mm-hmm. about it, like through how we how our entire educational system mm-hmm. is done is based on do this, here's mm-hmm. your homework, do this, and as long as you follow everyone else's rules, mm-hmm. then you'll have success. Sure, I I certainly did that. Mm-hmm. You certainly did that, mm-hmm. and then there was a point where you're like, uh. But wait a minute, how much of this did I choose for myself and can I let it go? I mean, I feel that. I feel that because I also have had that same thing. I, uh, It was season two where one of the guests, one of my guests, uh, Clara Belden, I will link this in the show notes for this episode. But she took me through an authenticity exercise where mm-hmm. she said, we've got to divorce ourselves from all of the labels that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. see myself as this label this label, this label, this label. Well, you're not any of those, right? So like, let's think of ourselves less as labels and more as words, as being. What, what thing do, like, what emotion are you feeling right now? Well, I'm feeling this or I'm feeling that, but it's, it's not about I'm a mom. It's not about I'm a news anchor or a sister or a wife or any of those things. Like, We get so attached to titles and labels, and you will never find authenticity when all you think about is what you do.
1: Yeah, sometimes you don't even, you mentioned feeling. Sometimes you don't even feel because you are only moving from a headspace. Mm -hmm. Like you're only moving from this thought of like, you know, I've made it to this table. Not only have I made it to this table, but I'm one of a few or heaven forbid, I'm the only mm-hmm. as a black woman. So I'm looking around and, and, and then the thoughts aren't even just mine of like, you know, if I make the decision to leave, how does it impact my career? Then it becomes, well, how am I representing for right. other black women? Like you, you, there's just, so there's there's so much there. And so for me, it's been about being truly grounded in who I am but also recognizing that, like, those emotions are data. And if you don't stop and feel yeah. and get connected to, like, oh, I feel something. Like, that was that was the inclination with, for me when I would feel something, when people would be like, oh, okay, that's cute, that little business. Would like, oh, okay, they like, really say that's cute, that little business? Oh, that's nice. No way. Okay, you know. Oh, you're like, it's <laughs> well, just what I was put on this earth and, to and, do, And but Particularly whatever. when I first, you know, made my exit and granted, like, I worked with with some phenomenal, phenomenal, brilliant people, but you know there were some conversations of well, you know, if that if you decide to change your mind, oh, there was one if that didn't work out. Oh. If you just decide to change your mind, you know, you can always come back. We're always here, which I appreciate, like yeah. certainly. Um, but you know, in some conversations, there was a little a little bit more behind <laughs> that yeah. that open door as yeah. well, and you're like, oh, okay, all yeah. right, you know, and then you you don't want to fall into this space of like proving. Mm. You know, that, oh, let me, you know, prove them wrong. Like, no.
0: Well, it is, if you, I feel like it, you have to go from proving to trusting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you, instead of, you're not proving anything to anyone. You have mm-hmm. to trust where your feet are mm-hmm. is where you're supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, and then you stepping out and getting traction on something. This is, what you're meant to do. You know, you feel a calling there, this is where you're going, doesn't matter if it makes sense to anyone else. A mutual friend of, our, Delisa Gar- of ours, Delisa mm-hmm. Garrier from season one, said this, and my favorite, favorite quote, I'll never forget this. She says, don't accept opinion from someone who wasn't given the vision. Mm-hmm. The vision was given to you, mm-hmm. it wasn't given to them. So you can't accept their opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever they're putting on you about you, that nice little business that was cute. Like, it, they weren't tapped to start. Maybe they were tapped to do something else and they didn't listen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is yours. Yeah. You have to set yeah. out with what was given to you. And you have. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel that? Like, I, I look at you and I see so much success. It, to me, outside looking in, it's like doors have opened left and right for you in these last three years. You have so many people working for you. You have so many companies that you're teaching uh, leadership development too. It's mm-hmm. just really amazing. Thank you. Do you feel that? Does I it do feel that way too. I to do. You?
1: I do. I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that. I also, know like at the same time, it's interesting. There's this tension. It's like yes, and <laughs> like again, going back to the vision, like the picture in my mind. It's like, oh, girl, you haven't scratched the surface oh, yet. Just, we just
0: we're just laying and, the groundwork. Right,
1: right, right. But but I do feel that, and I and I appreciate that. And that is even part of the practice. Going back to like what are the part of the practice too is like pausing to appreciate, okay, let's just reflect back on the last three years. Like, I know you've got this, but like, let's just stop for a moment and recognize and be grateful for like, wow, yeah, you really are doing the thing that you set out to do.
0: What are the things that you're saying wow about? Like, give me the rap sheet of what makes you say wow (laughs) in your company.
1: Yeah, so getting to work with some of the corporations that we get to work with, that I can remember vividly putting on a vision board and being like, this is a wish list and sitting down with those CEOs to help them strategize how to be better for their diverse colleagues like what? I get to do that? Yeah. Or connecting with the Entrepreneur Center as a client. I'm like it was just 3 years that I was sitting in, in one of their programs. Yeah. They're a client of mine. I'm serving them as a fractional chief equity and inclusion officer and helping business owners think about DEI from the start, not after they've built a huge business. Or getting to hire a new operations leader that is completely in her zone of genius, so brilliant, that brings ideas. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, (laughs) I get to do this. I get to work with you. Like, it's just, you know, there's just so much. I'm just like, okay, yeah, like, let's stop and smell the roses for a moment, (laughs) you know, and then we'll pick our feet back up and keep going. (laughs) But but yeah, I think that's an important practice too.
0: I want to know what vision Brittany Cole has. What's the vision? Like, can you share some of it with us? Yeah,
1: yeah. So when I think about career thrivers, I think about a space and a place to encourage and equip leaders. And so there's this you know, if I had to lean on kind of present day leaders that come to mind as a picture, like I see myself as John C. Maxwell meets Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) And so- What a wonderful person. (laughs) So it's this combination of like leadership development that is global with also this very- Connected sense of creating spaces for people to tell stories and for people to own who all of who they are and to really show up and thrive in the work that they enjoy doing and that being a, a real space, yeah, in Nashville like a, like a tangible space, like like a building. I, when
0: you say space, I think of uh, like a, a co working space. In my mind, when you say space, I see a co working space. Is that the kind of thing that you're talking about?
1: More of like yes, and more of like a, a leadership development center. With co-working, but also as, you know, companies are virtual and teams are virtual, you know, and the typical path is you rent out a conference room at a hotel for your meetings and for your trainings. And, you know, so I have this vision of could there be a space for that where you're coming to Career Thrivers? We're not just coming to you, but you have the option to come to us. I mean, there's a facility that is built for developing the next generation of leaders
0: there is nothing that I love more than having people on this podcast who are disruptors and with that idea my friend you in my mind have just reached disruptor status and I freaking love (laughs) it I love it I love that you're thinking that way do other people know that this is your vision
1: I've shared it with a few people (laughs) I was gonna say, is this the world? I mean, is this the world premiere? Certainly, the team knows. But I, I was just sitting here thinking, like, I don't know that I've ever like shared this in the podcast like in this way. Like, I don't know. I feel a little, <laughs> feel a little vulnerable out here. But um, <laughs> hey, but well, look, yeah, that's the picture. Your you feet know. are here. That's this in is my mind.
0: This so. is where you are right hey. now. And I asked you a question that you answered, yeah. and I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I love this. I. I just last week actually uh, made a keynote presentation about, uh, it was actually about my work with Amstigator. Uh, the mm-hmm. people asked me to create a presentation about purpose and how mm-hmm. to pull purpose into the corporate culture. You know, how mm-hmm. do I mm-hmm. find purpose mm-hmm. in the work that I'm doing for this, you know, XYZ company? One of the things that uh, showed up in the research that I was part partly of what I presented in this uh, speech was that... Um, Time for coaching and leadership development were major, major indicators of things that cultivate meaning and purpose for an employee. So I hear you talk about this center. And I also combine that with like, we are, none of us go to work. Most people don't go to a workplace. Mm -hmm. Like we are remote employees. So like if I take the idea that you have of like, here's this place where people can go to like, I mean, just just get filled, you know, get mm-hmm. filled, get, get to learn about how do I become a better leader, a better manager, a better, you know, all of the things, right? If there's a space and we know that companies can cultivate meaning by paying for this kind of work, gosh, like I see, hey, every other Tuesday at 930 in the morning, I go work for three hours from this space, and part of that time is I work with my one-on-one advisor. Mm-hmm. Or I, you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. it. Girl, I mm-hmm. see it. I see exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing. Because it almost, too, combines in the same way that financial planning has those. <laughs> I love that your face, you're like, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. yes, you see the vision. Yes. I see the vision. <laughs> I see it. I yeah. see it. What I mean, yeah. I almost feel like, too, you should have a, a small amphitheater that maybe could seat 200. Is that part of it too? Oh, I like this game. Let little, me think.
1: Little studio. Let
0: me think of some other things. Mm-hmm. Let me think. Of, what mm-hmm. else would your space mm-hmm. have? I love
1: mm-hmm. this. I love vision. I love yeah. Imagining oh, with you. Oh boy, I love it too. <laughs> Ish. Um. <laughs> but no, this is good. Like this is I, I, like you said. I, I'm I'm in this moment. I'm embracing the discomfort of like. I don't think that I have ever I feel talked like, about this on a mic. I feel like Br- <laughs> Britney Cole is always in control. So to like get oh, yeah. to get Britney Cole you know, out of control and, makes
0: me real. I love this.
1: You, you're a pro you're let me let me just give you your flowers okay (laughs) um you are brilliant at what you do but yes yes an amphitheater a studio so like the oprah winfrey part like we it's on the premise coaching certainly being able to do this podcast and content like out of the space um obviously a space for employees to to work in a hybrid capacity but yeah all of that is what I see boardrooms, places for presentations and meetings and training and development one-on-one space so that you can have those hard conversations. But certainly I I couldn't agree more with the, with what you shared about, about the research, like learning and development, the kind of broader space is such a critical component to engagement and engagement is a business challenge. It's directly hits the P&L of companies and I think you know since the pandemic it's something that is on everyone's radar because oh, yeah. you see it whether it's a great resignation or just you know the the current present state of the workforce but yeah it's it's an important piece so whether you are and I do think the other thing that I would say is also you know here here in my mind there may be those that are like well you know you, you could do that virtually. And we do it virtually now, right? So we, we don't have a space. We, you know, coach virtually and, and that works. I also think that there's so much power in learning in the same space. So in a controlled environment, that's why I love events, mm-hmm. you know, being able to bring people together to learn vicariously in a moment that is away from a laptop and yeah. away from a Teams meeting. I think there's just so much power for transformation in that. And then just being able to, work alongside a company as they are creating this culture and building an environment where anyone can thrive like that is certainly not an unconscious bias training or a you know course or workshop like that is a long journey and so that's my vision for how career thrivers you know, will show up in the world, and 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 we're you know we're we're on that path. Yeah. You know? and, and like you said, coaching is a is a huge part of what we do.
0: Well, and even this is it's interesting that we bring up engagement because G- Gallup puts out every single year their State of the Workforce, and in their 2022 State of the Workforce, only 21 percent of employees are engaged. Think about that. You got a team of ten, eight of them are not engaged, actually out of the 10, six of them are emotionally detached.
1: Disengaged. Mm -hmm.
0: Three of those 10, I think it's 31% or so, are miserable, they're miserable, to the point like, they don't wanna be there and they're making everybody else, you know what? Beg your pardon, it's two. Two are miserable Mm -hmm. and four are so stressed and emotionally detached, four total of six, who are like, They're not. They are pulling your organization down. Mm -hmm. So you got a team of ten, and six of them are truly dead weight, and you've got three. This is again all according Mm -hmm. to Gallup's State of the Workforce. Three of them are thriving in their well-being. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're thriving at At work. work. It just means that they're balanced and they have Mm work-life balance. Great, but only two of your ten people are actually contributing and engaged in the work. Holy crap. Like, we've got a problem. we got a problem. And so if all a company has to do is start to address, like, you know what? You are meaningful. to. Like, you have a place in this organization. Mm -hmm. And let's improve you. Let's improve your ability to manage and lead. Or let's give you some coaching. Let me, as an employer, show you how valuable you are to me. My God, you can start really addressing some of that. Yeah. I mean a major chunk. All it takes is someone to think, "Wow, we're wasting." I think the total was 7.8 trillion dollars worldwide. That's 11% global GDP, mm-hmm. Gal. I mean, mm-hmm. we got a problem in this Huge country. Huge problem. Huge. Yeah. And if we can address it, uh, look, me and you, Brittany, we are start, Let, let's go. We are let's saving go. the world let's right know. now. <laughs> we're saving the world. I mean it's to me though like it's so obvious. Yeah. And you have we have major corporations that have a lot of money that can address this. They are losing so much money. So much. And it, to a business sometimes all you got to do is talk about let's get to the bottom line like look oh, you are yeah. losing oh, money. Yeah. Yeah. Put money here and you'll start to get some of that back.
1: You're you're talking Girl. through my pitch deck right now. <laughs>
0: Girl Well, I mean, this was my this was, I'm glad I, I'm glad we're on the same page because this was yeah. my this yeah. was my keynote last week. Yeah. I'm not kidding, like it's so clear to me, but we get so stuck in the weeds, right? Like mm-hmm. it, more than just ourselves, more than just our company, like all of us, all of us as a society, we only seem to lead with what's up here. like we lead with our heads and never stop to think or stop to feel. Yeah. Hey, there might be a different way here.
1: Yeah, and we developing people to lead is a big part of it because if you think about kind of the traditional pathway of people leaders, particularly in corporate, usually it is the expert that gets promoted. So we'll take sales, for instance, which is where I spent nine years of my career. Those top sales leaders get put in that hypo talent, non box grid, and then they're the subject of calibration and talent planning meetings to become the next leaders. Zero leadership development before they – assume the yeah. title and oftentimes even after they assume the title, maybe there's something initially that's a part of the onboarding, but there is no continuous people development and leadership development and expertise in a space are two completely different skill right. sets. Right. It takes a specific skill to be able to bring the best out of other people. And yes. that's what we are getting at when we talk about those engagement statistics, like people leaders are the cultivators of the culture. So if you are not investing as an organization in the people that are leading That six out of 10? Yeah. Then you're going to continue to let money fly out the window and flush down the toilet. So it is absolutely a huge problem that has grown with the pandemic. And so I think it's interesting because... When I started when I started Career Thrivers, we were heavily positioned on generational diversity. And so the big statistic was that because the numbers went in within the millennial demographic were just astounding when it came to lack of engagement. And I think today, you know, being on the other side of a global shutdown and pandemic, companies are at least thinking about that more and thinking about ways to address it. Um, Certainly, there's a lot more work to be done in the space. But, yeah, it's a problem for sure. I love just seeing you
0: like light up as you talk about that because you are doing what you're supposed to do. Thank you. Brittany. Like you you are. You are doing it. And I just believe wholeheartedly by as more and more women step into like, hey, I don't I don't know what this is gonna look like, but Mm -hmm. I feel really passionate about XYZ. So if I if I just be bold enough to like pursue that passion, that's where we start seeing change. You know? We start seeing that's how that's where you start generational change. Mm-hmm. You know, when one person says, you know, I I get the playbook that everyone's tried to put on me. Mm, there's something bigger yet for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and I just I look at you and I see that. So, thank you for coming and like showing up as your authentic self today. Thank you. Like your boss be <laughs> way. I love
1: it. <laughs> thank you for having me. It's, it's always great.
0: Okay, I am convinced Brittany Cole and I could solve the world's problems if we sat in a room long enough. I just know it. She is so full of knowledge. She's so passionate about the work she's doing to equip leaders. She is a change maker for sure. And I encourage you to think about the lesson this week. Where are you sabotaging yourself by thinking you don't belong somewhere or that you're not ready for the challenge? Do what Brittany was talking about. Don't draw on confidence here. Draw on courage that you are in the exact moment you've been called to, and you just have to step into it. All the things you've been working on, the ideas you've been growing, they have led you here, and you are ready. This is what it means to live life on purpose. Brittany's doing it, and you can too. Next week is a fascinating episode, one that's totally singular in its topic. And leading up to it, I want you to think about who or what has been your greatest teacher. Next week's guest says death has been her teacher. It's an incredible weaving of grief and loss and how growing up working in her family's funeral home business influenced her reverence for life. It's a thoughtful and thought-provoking conversation to really look forward to next week. For now, I encourage you, shine your light lead with your heart and live life purposefully. I'm Lauren Lowry and this is Amstigator.